Listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225 274 1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of Christmas. God, we thank you that you are the gift, not only of Christmas, but you're the gift of life. And God, we just want to thank you, God, for everything that you are, everything that you promised to be. God, we just love you, God, today. We just magnify you today and praise you. And God, we pray that every one of us today would open the gift that has our name on today. That, God, none of us would leave gift less today. But we would all realize, God, that you have gifts prepared for each one of us. And, God, they're ours. And we're going to open them today. We're going to embrace that. We're going to apply it. And we're going to live it in our lives. In Jesus' name. Come on, shout amen in the house. Come on, shout amen in the house. Come on, he is the reason for it all. Jesus is the reason for it all. And don't ever forget that. Don't forget Jesus. It would be like holding a birthday party for your child and not even inviting them to come and having all the festivities and forgetting the reason why you're holding the party. And it's very easy to forget the true meaning of Christmas with all the hustle and the bustle. Come on, that's some Christmas vernacular right there. The hustle and the bustle of it all. Just the busyness of the moment can really kind of distract us so many times. And that's why through this Christmas series, we want to discover the true gift that Christmas really is. And I realize we've only got a few weeks, four weeks to cover it, and we can't uncover every gift that God has made available to us. But we're going to try and paint the right picture for your life because Christmas is not just an event. Christmas is not just an event. What do I mean? Something past tense that happened. Yes, it happened. Yes, he came. We know that. But it's not just an event that happened that's transpired. We know the shepherd. We know the stable. We know the angels, the wise men, the gold, the frankincense, the myrrh. No room at the inn. We know all of that. But I want you to see in Christmas the fact that it produces the gifts of life still for each one of you right now. That there are gifts for each one of you to unwrap. In other words, there's a gift under the tree just for you today. And it's a good gift. It's something you're going to like. It's not that ugly shirt and that ugly sweater that someone bought you. That gift that you're never going to give. Come on, have you ever opened a gift and thought, man, are they colorblind or are they just blind, period? I mean, come on. I mean, what kind of gift is that? But I'm so glad that we can never and will never look at the gifts that God has like that. But we'll realize how useful they are and how life-changing they are. And each week we're going to present to you, present, we're going to present to you a gift of Christmas. And today we're going to talk about the gift of expectancy. 
Come on, say that with me. Expectancy. The gift of expectancy. Turn in your Bibles or follow on the screen with us today to Luke chapter 1, the good old Christmas story. Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26, reading through verse 38. The announcement to Mary. And listen to what it says. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed, that means promised in marriage, someone who is engaged to be given in marriage, to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. As we look through this story, I really believe we're going to discover such incredible truths for God's word. I pray that you're taking notes and you're getting ready because I pray that you've got a spirit of expectancy today. Believing for God to show you things because we can read a story that we've read so many times before and we can just read it or we can live it. We can be a part of it. And this week I said, God, help me to read this story like I've never read it before. And I believe I saw things and have seen things in this story that are going to be wow moments for each one of us because I know it shocked me. I was like, wow, that's new. No, it's always been there. I guess I never saw it. So here's the first point I want you to see from this message today. Are you ready? God has a specific time, a specific place, and God has a specific person. God has a specific time, not just a time, A specific time. God doesn't just have a place. Well, let me just figure out something. He has a specific place. He doesn't just have a person. He has the person. How do we know that? We just read it. He said in the sixth month, in the city of Galilee, which is Nazareth, a virgin called Mary. A specific time, six months. A specific place. And a specific person, Mary. And I just really believe, just to start this series, to start this message, there's someone here today that you just need to hear that. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. He knows right where you're at. He knows everything that you're going through right now. He knows everything that's going on in your life, the struggles, the turmoil, the questions, the loneliness, the apprehension, the doubts. He knows that. He knows it down to the smallest, minutest detail. He knows everything about your life. And you know what he wants you to hear today? It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Because turn to someone around you and say, There's a gift with your name on it today. Come on, it's going to be okay because there's a gift with your name on it today. So read on, verse 28. And having come in, I love how the Bible presents stuff. I I, I don't know about you, maybe this is just me being crazy. Come on, say, yeah, you're crazy. Yeah, I, I know that. But when I look at something like that, I read that, having come in, the angel came in. I wonder how he came in. I wonder if he came in through the window. I wonder if he came in through the door. I wonder if he came in through the wall. I wonder if he came down the chimney. (laughs) What about that? But the angel came to her and he's standing in front of her. And look what he says to her. Like, rejoice. 
I mean, come on. I mean, you couldn't have had a better intro than that. You couldn't have said, hello, hold on a second. I know you're going to be really freaked out right now because I am an angel. I understand that. But God has sent me here and good news. Don't you love it? Just like rejoice. Like what? What? But then I love how he addresses Mary. Take note how he addresses her. And I want you to see something. Are you ready? He's not addressing what she would do. He's addressing who she is. Come on, he's not just saying, oh, you're great because you're going to. Come on, he's saying you're great right now. And that's why God has chosen you for his service. What does he say to her? Rejoice, you highly favored one. Something that she probably didn't see in herself. And you may say, well, Pastor P, how do you know that? Well, because we don't often see that in ourselves. We belittle ourselves, don't we? We write ourselves off. We look to others before us and say, if God's going to use someone, then they're a lot more special and they've got more talents and they've got more gifts, they've got more abilities than me. But what does the angel say? Rejoice, you highly favored one, for the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among all women. God's got a specific time, a place and a person. You may not see it, you may not feel it, you may not understand it. But I'm telling you right now, God sees something in you, not for what you will be, but God sees what it is right now inside of you and the potential that there is inside of you. Verse 27, but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. Again, I I saw this this week. I've never seen it before. When she saw him, she wasn't troubled at his appearance. An angel... What troubled her was what? What he said to her. What troubled her was what? In the awe and the wonder of that moment. I mean, I, I'm sure that, that room probably glowed so bright. It was just absolutely incredible. I, I couldn't even imagine how beautiful Gabriel, the angel, the archangel of God must be. The one who's in the presence of God all the time. I mean, he doesn't have no trash. God doesn't have no trash because he has you. That's proof enough. There's no trash to God. But that which stands before him is now standing in the presence of of a little lowly person who doesn't feel much self-worth in herself, doesn't feel that she's even got a place or a plan. She's just a normal, everyday person. And God says, begin to rejoice. Begin to see something inside of you that you maybe don't see. But let me tell you something. You are highly favored and I'm with you. I know we've got to move on today, but but as I began to read this, I just really felt we needed to understand this and grab a hold of this. Make sure that you never lose the awe and the wonder of the greatness who God is. Come on, His splendor in majesty. Why? Because of the inability that you have to see yourself as He sees you. Don't let that happen. Just because you don't see it, don't lose the awe and the wonder and the magnitude of the splendor of God. Just saying, and that's a good saying today. So she's troubled about what he says. 
She's not troubled about who he is. And that's amazing. I've never seen that before. And it goes on to say, and she considered what matter of greeting was this. Verse 30, then the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Too late. Too late. But again, he's not talking in the fact of his being. Don't be afraid of what you see. He is talking in reference to the message that he is bringing her. Don't be afraid of what I'm about to tell you is what he's saying. Don't be afraid today of what I believe God wants to birth inside of each one of you with a gift of expectancy today. Don't be afraid. Why? Because I'm going to tell you right off the bat, it's bigger than you. It goes beyond your abilities, but it's never bigger than God. So the angel is saying, don't be afraid of what God has placed upon you, what God has prepared for her, what God has prepared for you. Why? Because you have found favor with God. Why Mary? We've looked at this many times over the years. Why Mary? What caused Mary to be highly favored? What caused Mary to be chosen? It's amazing that the Bible doesn't even tell us. It doesn't say that she was this, that, or the other. But there was something different about Mary. There had to be. That hand-picked her. That she was specifically chosen by God. We may not know what's different about her, but here's the question that God struck to me. What's different about you? What's different about me to everyone else around me? I I can probably jump to some conclusions, but I'm sure that Mary, I don't think she was a callous, uncaring person. I don't think that Mary was a rebellious person. I don't think that she was unloving. I don't think that she was unforgiving. I don't think that she was unbelieving. There must have been such incredible qualities within her life. She wasn't perfect. Because the Bible would have said you're chosen because you're perfect. But the reality is this. The choice came because of who she was. She was God. She had given her life to God. And that's what clarifies. That's what qualifies us. And I believe that's why it isn't listed all the attributes of who Mary was. Because really it's nothing about who we are. It's just who we are in Him. And when we're in relationship with Him, it qualifies us for service, for the job. Mary, like every other young girl, she probably had her plan. She had her wedding day all mapped out, what she was going to do, how many bridesmaids, how many groomsmen. Come on, she was going to ride in in a camel-driven carriage. It was going to be awesome. It was just going to be magnificent. She had it all planned. But listen to me, God had another plan. Here's the second thing I want us to discover today. Don't let your plan ever take the place of his plan. Don't let your plan ever take the place of his plan. It's great to be prepared, don't get me wrong. But make sure you're making preparations for the proper things. A lot of time people are making a whole lot of preparations and they're preparing for things that are a waste of time, that are not what God has for your life. But what? Because we cannot see what God sees inside of us, that's all we plan. 
We've got to start seeing that we're highly favored, that we're chosen of God. We've got to have a spirit of expectancy that rises inside of us. Come on, we've got to open the gift of expectancy and begin to value and see worth in our lives like never before. So what? So we can discover the awesome plan that God has for each one of our lives. Mary must have had some type of dedication and devotion and commitment to God. Because again, this wasn't just some random, you know, God going eeny, meeny, miny, mo. He wasn't just like finding someone. Who is it? Close my eyes, turn around five times and point. God had a specific time, a specific place, and he has you, his specific person. Come on, say with me, handpicked. Handpicked. Come on, say with me, that's who I am. I'm handpicked. I'm handpicked by God. So verse 31, reading on, it says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb. You're going to expect. You're going to birth something. You're being impregnated with something. And you shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. The Lord is salvation. He saves is what that means. And he will be great, and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary interrupted the angel and said, well, she didn't, but I'm sure she did interrupt. Hold on, hold on a second. What did Mary say? She said to the angel, how can this be? So many times we read that kind of so calmly. I mean... How can that be? That wasn't how she responded, I'm sure. What? How can that be since I do not know a man? Can you see Mary? She's like, hold on a second. Time out. Stop. Let's get something clear here. I don't know what kind of woman you think I am, but I'm not that type. Come on now, let's just get real here. Come on, let's just tell it how it is. I don't know what you're talking about, but what? That is no way possible. Why? Remember what I am. I'm Mary, but remember the more specifics. I'm a virgin. Mary. I don't know a man. Now, she knew a man. She was betrothed. She was engaged to a man, Joseph. But knewing a man and knowing a man. I know that doesn't kind of work, but it works for my message. So we're going to talk about it. Knewing of man and knowing a man was two completely different things. No hanky-panky, no things that shouldn't be done. If you don't know the difference, see Miss D afterwards. She would love to explain that to you. And if you can't find Miss D Arnold's at the back, he would love to sit down and talk to you about those things. But what she was saying was this. There is no way. There is no way. But you see, that was the natural speaking. Today, you can be natural or you can be supernatural. You can look today and say, there's no way. Or you can say, God, I don't know how. But God, with you, I'm going to trust you. Because so many times the natural robs us from the supernatural. And what God is trying to do inside of us. So let's see. We're now about to see the possibility of the gift of expectancy. Because there's possibility through expectancy. But you see, because of the natural in our minds, possibility gets shrunk back to impossibility. 
So instead of the possibility of God, it becomes the impossibility because of where I'm at. So the gift of expectancy becomes impossible to us instead of fully possible through God. There's zero chance of it ever happening. Why? Because we can't see it happening in our lives. We can't see us happy. We can't see us free. We can't see our marriage where it needs to be. We can't see our finances turned around. We can't see ourselves healthy. And even if we could see those things... Why would it happen to me? Because even if it could, why would it? Because I'm not the best person and I don't have it. Maybe it's for someone else, but it's not for me. Maybe today you would say, Pastor, I've seen too many dreams crash and burn around me. Maybe you'd say today my marriage is over. Maybe today you'd say, Pastor, I've prayed night and day. But just nothing seems to be happening. Pastor, the doctor's report... It's not good. Pastor, there's impossibility after impossibility everywhere I turn. It would take an absolute miracle for anything to change. What? It would take an absolute miracle. Come on, say that with me. Miracle for anything to change. I'm glad you need a miracle today. Because the gift of expectancy is your miracle today. It's your miracle today. It is a miracle. And only God can do those things. That's what makes it a miracle. And that's what you've got to begin to see today. Don't just look in the natural. Begin to see if you need a miracle, that's okay. Because we serve a God of miracles. We serve a God who is able to give you your miracle. You see, expectancy is believing it before you see it. You may not see it, and it may be a while before you see it, but you can start believing it. Come on, you can start believing that my marriage is going to be turned around. You can start believing that I'm going to be healed. The doctors may still say it's not looking good, but you can start to believe it. Why? Because that makes the difference between an impossibility of expectancy and a possibility. Why? Because if God's involved, it becomes possible. You've got to begin to see the possibilities. You've got to begin to see the hand of God upon your life, upon your future. Come on, upon your finances, upon your family, upon your health. And let's look at the reason why it's possible. Back to the story, verse 35. And the angel said to her, I'm paraphrasing right now, but the angel said to her, this is not a you thing. Come on, say with me, it's not a you thing. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not a you thing. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. That's the power of God, just in case you didn't know. That's the power of God. That's the dunamo power. That's not a part of God. That is God. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Come on, God's, he's the, he's the creator of it all. Jesus is the foreman. He's the one, and the Holy Spirit is the one that's carrying out the work. He's the power of God. He's the ability of God for each one of your life. So the angel said to her, hold on a second, Mary, it's not a you thing. It's a him thing. It's a God thing. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, just like I told you before, that Holy One, which will be born of you, will be called the Son of God. And then I love this. God just gives her a bonus. And by the way, BTW, 
Elizabeth's expecting a miracle too. Different circumstances, but it's still a miracle. What does it say? Verse 36. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the now, the sixth month for which, for her who was called what? She was called barren for a reason. She had no kids. She had an inability to be able to have kids, to birth, to bring life. And God says, hey, just because you maybe don't see it right now, let me tell you something. I'm in the miracle business and it's not just for you. It's for someone else around you right now. You see, we've said this so many times. You may have to rejoice in seeing a miracle in someone else before it happens in you, but just because you don't see it in you, don't let it stop believing inside of you. Hold on to that and trust God. You see, you can see it in Elizabeth. She's six months. She's showing, but you ain't. But let me tell you, just as much as there's a baby inside of her, you need to believe there's a baby inside of you. There's a miracle for you today. Come on, let's have a gift of expectancy and believe God. And God says, and just in case you're not getting it, let me just throw this in here. Verse 37, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Come on, let's say it another way. Are you ready? With God, all things are possible. Come on, all things are possible with God. In the natural, it's not looking good. But come on, it's not a you thing. It's not a me thing. It's a him thing. Come on, it's a God thing. It's of the Holy Spirit. And he can produce life where there is no life. He can produce hope where there's a hopeless situation. He's a God that made rivers in a wilderness. That's a barren, dry place. He didn't just cause a little spring. He caused rivers to flow in a wilderness. Point number three. Are you ready? As you can tell, I'm ready to preach today. What God wants to do in you and through you is not by you, but all Him. It's all Him. It's all because of him. It's going to come from him. And the him that we're talking about is a limitless supply. More than enough. The greatness of God. But pastor, you don't understand. The reports are not good. We fight all the time. I'm lonely. I'm unhappy. My life is miserable. I'm having to file for bankruptcy. Let me just be as kind as I possibly can right now. It's not me that doesn't understand. It's you that's having the understanding problem. Come on, it's you that's having the understanding problem. Why? Because there's a gift today of expectancy with your name on it. Come on, you just got to grab a hold of it today. You've got to open it and you've got to begin to have faith in God and believe once again that God, those things are going to come forth and they're going to be. Why? Because a baby changes everything. You just got to cooperate. You just got to trust. You just got to... Surrender. I didn't say you got to give God your mind because, again, you're not going to always see it. You're not going to have it reasoned and you're not going to have it figured all out. But God just needs your faith, your ability to just let God be God again for each one of your lives. In verse 38, to end our story of what we're reading today, then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it to be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I haven't got this in my notes, but incredible. The first word Mary said was, hold on, how can this be? I don't know a man. And then the next word she says, God, whatever you say. 
I'm going to trust you. Can you imagine what was still going through her mind when she says, God, whatever you have just said, I'm going to believe you. Can you imagine the willingness of her surrender, her acceptance to this? She knew the consequences. You know the consequences for her accepting this call of God was death. I mean, literally death. They would kill her for sleeping around, to cheating on her husband. That was such a crime back then that they would have killed her for that. Her life could have been taken. Joseph could have easy, the Bible tells us, that he could have easy put her away. And he sought to put her away, but God says, no, 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 don't. Because that which is inside of her is not from Joe Bloggs down the street. Come on, it's not from that guy or this guy. It's from me. It's a God thing. Come on, remember, it's not a you thing. It's not a me thing. It's a he thing. It's a God thing. She knew But yet, even with so many unanswered questions, man, that's us. God says, I'm going to do this. And we're like, but what about this, 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 this? God says, would you just let me handle that? And would you just say, be it according to your word? Would you just begin to live according to my word? And she remained expectant. And she trusted God. Let me interject this scripture here. It's a good one. Ephesians 3.20, probably one of my top five in the Bible. It says this, Now to him who is able, who's him, capitalized Jesus. Now to God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, according to what? According to us? According to you? According to me? According to our impossibilities? Come on, please help me preach this today. No, according to only Him. Come on, according to what? The power that works inside of us. Come on, that's the power of God. That's the gift of expectancy that wants to rule and reign and come out from each one of our lives. And through the gift of expectancy, it's beyond your wildest dreams. It's above and beyond, but yet it is fully possible. Remember this today, you ready? It's not his capability that's up for the question. It's our capacity. Come on, it's not his capability, whether he's able or not. It's the capacity of what we will surrender and give to the unlimited supply of God. It's surrendering our lives and saying, God, I don't get it, but God, I get to get you. Don't you like that? God, I don't get it all, but I get to get you. And when I get you, I've got it all. Come on, I have it all through Jesus Christ. Why? Because he is able, but will we take him at his word? Be it according to your word. Not what's on Facebook, not what's on the news, not what other people are saying around. Let it be God according to your word. Not a doctor's report, not a bank statement, according to your word. Word. Let me show you expectancy another way. Jump back in the Bible to 2 Kings, to the Old Testament. 2 Kings chapter 6, 3 verses 15 through 17. And when the servant of the man of God rose early and went out, let me just paint the picture. Elisha, is, he's a wanted man. He's the prophet of God. The kings of those nations around are trying to destroy him. They're trying to take him out. They discover where he's at. So they send all their armies to capture one man because one man is causing so much havoc and confusion because he is a man that is set on fire by God. Used so powerfully for God. So when his servant wakes up 
First thing in the morning, he goes out. He's going out to maybe get some water. He's going out just to do his daily tasks, whatever it may be. But when he goes outside, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, it's kind of so casually, but can you see the servant running back in the house, absolutely freaking out, waking Elisha, whatever, disturbing him anyway, saying, alas, my master, what shall we do? I mean, come on, you haven't seen anything yet. This, it's, it's over, it, there's no hope, there's no way. Because you see, that's what he sees. And that's what he has. He sees and has no hope. So Elijah, he didn't even go outside. He didn't even go to see what he was talking about. Elijah just answers him and says, do not fear. Does that sound familiar? Isn't that what the angel said to Mary? Do not fear. And what does he say? For those who are with us are more than those who are with us. Them. Who's the us? Me and you. Who's the them? An army. Who's the us? Two of us. Who is them? A whole army. Who's the us? Me and you. I mean, come on, the, the servant's going backwards and forwards in his mind and he's trying to slice it and dice it every which way he can, but he's not figuring this out. Two against an army, me and you, an army. It's not happening. Why? Because in the natural, you can try and figure it out every which way you can, And all you're going to see is more defeat. All you're going to get is more discouraged because you're going to begin to see yourself as less and less and the enemy as more and more. But what does Elisha see? What does Elijah have? Expectancy. What did the servant have? No hope. What did he see? No hope. No way, Jose. What did Elisha see? Expectancy. God, who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all he could ask, think, dream, imagine. Verse 17, and Elijah prayed and said, Lord, deliver us and take us out of here right now. No, he didn't say that, did he? He said, Lord, I pray. Because you see, here's what's got to happen for expectancy to rise inside of us. He said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes. Open his eyes to what? Open his eyes to expectancy, to see, God, what you are able to do in this situation. Lord, open his eyes that he may see. Here's the fourth point of this message. Are you ready? God, open my eyes. Come on, say that with me. God, open my eyes. Turn to someone around you and say, open your eyes. Then the Lord, who? God. Notice then the Lord, God, opened his eyes. This is the possible God, not the impossible God. The all possible God opened his eyes of the young man and he saw. What did he see? He saw, behold, the mountains were full of horses and chariots of fire, all around Elisha, all around the man of God. So when it looks like the odds are stacked against you, to quote Mary, how can this be? There's no way. 
when it looks like we're doomed, when it looks like I must have missed God, or he obviously doesn't love me anymore because if he did, I wouldn't be where I'm at. I wouldn't be struggling. I wouldn't be miserable. I wouldn't be sick. Come on, we need to open our eyes to expectancy. We need to begin to open the gift of expectancy in our life that he came and made fully possible to give to each one of you. I want you to see something. When God opened his eyes, was the enemy still there? Yeah, you better believe it. When he opened his eyes, the struggle was still there. When we see our eyes opened, there's still going to be some struggle and there's still going to be some hardship. There's still going to be some obstacles that we're going to have to face. It's not going to be smooth sailing on here and out because the enemy was still there. The army was still around the city. But I want you to see something today. God's provision and ability is so much greater Come on, I said it's so much greater. And here's what you've got to do today. Here's the spirit. Here's the gift of expectancy. You've got to see through the problems and see the provision of God. You've got to see through the heartache and pain. You've got to see through the defeat. You've got to see through the failure. You've got to see that my marriage is over. And you've got to begin to see on the other side, it's not over till God says it's over. Because his army is there to rescue us. And notice where the army was. The army of the enemy was around a city. The army of God was around the man or the woman of God. Why? Because he says, I'll give my angels charge all around you. That's how special you are to God. You are highly favored and chosen of God because God is with you. What do you see? What do you see? Oh, there's struggles, there's pains, there's mortgage bills, there's financial problems, there's all those things. But see through those with expectancy of God. Because I believe God is birthing something new inside of you that will change your life forever. Last point today, you ready? Expectancy will change your life. I've heard this statement many times, a baby changes everything. In our family, it wasn't just talking about Jesus. Judah has changed everything. Come on, a baby changes everything. I mean, it really does. Kelly and I know this firsthand. It wasn't long ago. I'm sitting across the desk from Nancy. Nancy and I are going through some kind of scheduling in the office. Kelly's just left the office about 40 minutes before. She's calling me up on the office phone, and I'm there picking up the phone. Didn't know who it was. We don't have caller ID. I'm just talking, and I says, hello, Heartsies. How can I help you? Kelly says, I'm pregnant. <laughs> Nancy's like four feet away from me. Really? That's cool. That's awesome. Well, hey, that's great. I'm glad you made it home safe. And um, we'll talk when I get home. Put up the phone. Just smiling. Nancy didn't know anything about what had just happened. But my life had just changed forever. Come on, I said my life had just changed forever. We're pregnant. We're expecting 
And now something's going to change. So after the initial shock, there was great expectation. You know, I just want to have some fun today, but I want to take the pregnancy experience through a male's perspective today. Is that cool? And the reason why I'm saying it through a male's perspective, I don't want to insult any of you women in any way because we have the easy part. I know we have to put up with you, but it's still a lot easier than what you have to go through and, and all those kind of things. I, I can be a big man. Kelly's not here. Fred, we're not recording this, are we? Okay, we are. Let's just mute that right there and, and don't tell Kelly because if you tell her, I'll know who told her these things. Are you ready? Here's the first stage. You ready? From a male's perspective, the what? The what? Notice exclamation marks and question marks because there's excitement and confusion. You're finding out the excitement, the anticipation. Wow. Backwards, it's still wow. Come on. You're like, what is going on? Then there's the second phase. Are you ready? Here's the second stage, the reality of it all. When you begin to just sit down and you breathe and you begin to contemplate and you begin to ask, wow, is it a boy? Is it a girl? Ah, what if it's two? What if it's twins? And our reality, here's my reality. Man, we're too old for this. We're too old for this. I mean, come on, God. I mean, I know you used Abraham and Sarah, but that's in the Bible days. I mean... We don't have an extra room in our house, God. We just downsized. And the reality of all the plan and the preparation. I've got to be honest. Here's one of the things that I thought about. What about our freedom? I mean, our youngest is 12. I mean, we're just getting so we can leave them at home to go out on dates. And now all of a sudden we're just tied again for another at least 12, 14 years. And oh my God. And then there's some amp apprehension that kind of comes in through the reality of it all. I mean, God, is this really for real? I mean, a sixth kid, come on, they're going to be wanting to do a reality show on us, six kids and counting or something. And then I began to think about when I saw other people with six kids, I would say, man, get a life, get a TV. I mean, get in a different room. I mean, leave each other alone. And I'm thinking, man, that's now me. People are going to be thinking that of me. So the reality of it all has gone from wow to wow to wow to wow. Then the next stage is the changes. The changes. There's growth and development both for the baby and the mother. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say any more about that. But there's changes that's happening through it all. We had this really cool app that every week it would ping you like, your baby is now the size of a bean. Your baby is now the size of a blueberry. Your baby is now the size of a squash. It's the size of a melon. And you're like, woo, 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 woo. And all the changes that's taken place. I know for Kelly, just a couple of things, just the indigestion and just the uncomfortableness of just having to get a step so she could get up into bed and just not being able just to move like she used to and just all the changes that went through, the swollen feet. Just all the changes. I knew I wasn't going to say that. I need to move on. (laughs) Then there was another stage that was the nesting. It was when time was getting short that I just couldn't keep her down, that she was just busy trying to do everything. This has got to be done. And if she couldn't do it, then Philip, you've got to do this, 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 and this, and this. And you're like, okay, we've got time. No, we don't do it. It had to be done. It's got to be done right now. Because it's happening. It's coming. You, You don't understand. It's not far away. And then that Sunday night, the next stage, when the labor began, 
the water broke. It's time. Let, let, let's go. And the breathe and the push, or shall I say it this way, the epidural, then the breathe and then the push. Let's get that taken care of right away. I don't want to feel anything. Let's just take this through. And then the transformer bed. Has any of you ever seen the transformer bed? You're in this normal bed, and all of a sudden the doctor's coming and say the baby's coming. All of a sudden it's just amazing. I mean, it's just incredible. Sorry for that. If you don't know what that was talking about, it's just praising the Lord in the house. Just praising God. Just praising God in the house. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Help me, Jesus. It's going downhill really quick. And the labor and the thoughts of this is it. You're putting the gown on. You're putting the mask. The, this is it. And then all the emotions come at one time. The excitement, the fear, the apprehension. Boy, girl, what, here, how? Just almost the fears of how can I do this again? Do I have what it takes? Will I be the dad that my kid needs? Can I, can I be all these things? Then there's the next and last stage. That's the birthing stage. And wow, just to hold your newborn baby. Again, I'm speaking from a male perspective, but just all the hardships and the pains and the anxieties and just everything is just all forgotten as you're looking at life. And you're going, wow, God. Wow, God. Wow. Because what you were expecting is now tangible. It's now in your hands. It's now living. It's now breathing. It's now fully real to you and not just to you, but others see it too. And your life has changed forever. But what an awesome change. And I've got to close this today. God wants you and I to live with the gift of expectancy for our life. There's different stages we're going to go through. There's different struggles. There's different emotions. There's different things, hardships. All those things that in the natural we face, we're going to face many times in the spiritual as we're holding on to those things. And it may take some time to happen. And many times it's going to take perhaps longer than what you want it to happen. And when you want it to happen, And it's not that God doesn't want you to have that thing. If it's something scriptural and it's something for your life, God wants you to have it. But God realizes you're not ready for it yet. So even though you're carrying it, God's still preparing you and changing you through it. But God wants to birth something in your life and through your life that will change you forever. God wants to give you a miracle, that which only he can do. But he needs a vessel that will carry that. It may, again, take some time and struggles, but God just needs a vessel that says, God, be it according to your world. So in the process of what we've talked about, in the process of your life, where you're at right now, I wonder what you see. Remember we said, God, open our eyes. I wonder what you see today. I wonder where your faith is today. I wonder what your faith is placed upon today. Because it's time to trust God with our lives. Where did we start? With Mary. By the way, Mary, you're going to have a baby. I know none of that makes sense. But will you just trust me? Come on, that's the story paraphrased right there. Mary, you're going to have a baby, and I know that doesn't make sense. But will you trust me? I wonder today if, like Mary, you can say, 
Put back up Luke 1, verse 38. Mary said, Behold the servant of the Lord, let it be according to your word. I wonder today if you can begin to expect and can begin to make plans for your future. Because here's, I think, one of the greatest definitions of expectancy. Are you ready? Seeing God's ability in your or any situation you may face in life. Expectancy, seeing God's ability in your situations of life. There's a gift today with your name on it. It's called the gift of expectancy. It's time to start believing again. It's time to start hoping again. It's time to start trusting again. Why? Because it's a him thing. It's not a you thing. But he needs you to trust him and to believe him. Would you stand to your feet today? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.